all you can really focus on is that nice version because when they're nice, they're so nice. And that happens, That's this, this kind of feeling happens because of the manipulation and the gaslighting you, you've been put through. And so then eventually you start even rationalizing or justifying the abuser's behavior. It's called fawning. It's a trauma response. Hello, I'm Carla Shoher, and I'm so excited that you're here making time for yourself. Welcome to Time to Unlearn, a podcast for all those of you of us, incredible cycle-breaking humans who are healing from trauma and narcissistic abuse. A journey about understanding who you are and why you are the way you are, and about receiving the support that you deserve to heal your inner wounds, both in the mind and the body. On this episode, we're going to discuss trauma bonding. Number one, why you don't leave a toxic, abusive or narcissistic relationship, even if you want to. Number two, why you leave and then come back. And number three, why you don't go no contact, even when you know that that's the best thing you can do. I wanted to do this because there is a huge societal and personal misconception around this topic, which bring a lot of shame, brings isolation for the people who are being victimized in abusive relationship and a lot of guilt to the people who are in these toxic situations which then keep them stuck in this abusive cycle that they're living in, feeling misunderstood. And all of this kind of minimizes the problem that trauma bonding actually is. And it's even sometimes romanticized because we think of bond as, you know, that mother-child bond. But actually, trauma bonding is a feature of an abusive relationship. But first of all, before we start, I want you to remember that you can start to live the life you have always deserved, feeling good enough important, lovable and worthy because you are and it is possible. Okay, let's get into this episode. First of all, I want to start by saying this. Trauma bonding is not weakness, okay? When you stay or come back, there is this general wrong perception and misunderstanding that you're doing that because you're weak or because you're stupid. Well, it's not that, okay? This level of judgment that society has, that we have about ourselves, actually affects us from leaving properly and actually going no contact in itself because it brings up lots of feelings of shame, of guilt, and it actually makes us isolate ourselves. It pushes this problem of toxic relationships underground. Now, let me share the official definition of trauma bond. Trauma bonding is a term that was developed by Patrick Carnes to describe the emotional bonds with an individual that arise from a recurring cyclical pattern of abuse perpetuated by intermittent reinforcement through rewards and punishment. So what does this actually mean? It's talking about this pattern of push-pull that exists within toxic relationships, that intermittent feeling of being loved, accepted and cared for followed by that pull and pull away of caring, loving and respect that happens in a toxic relationship. So you go from feeling loved to feeling rejected, from feeling cared for to feeling like you don't matter. And this is the cyclical pattern that most uh, abusive toxic relationship or narcissistic relationships are. So what happens here is that the subtle manipulation is creating a physiological addiction 
Now, how does it happen? The love bombing creates that period of time where you're feeling like you're cared for, you're loved, and you get the attention you need. Uh, It builds that trust and dependency as well on the abuser. It it basically is a time where your body's releasing feel-good hormones, oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, feeling great, feeling like, ah, it just feels so good in love. And that period is then followed usually in a toxic relationship, a period of pull, where literally there is a withdrawal of love, withdrawal of attention, withdrawal of everything. And that creates a a release of stress hormones in our body, which means that then we're going through the the time of criticism, uh, devaluation, gaslighting, and even isolation as well. And we end up resigning to control and we end up feeling a, a sense of loss of self. And we become addicted to the nice version because the stress hormones like cortisol, adrenaline and norepinephrine get stuck in our body as trauma and our body then ends up chasing the high. It wants to be back in that love bombing stage. And this is actually what leads us to then accept breadcrumbs of love because something that gives us a sense of feeling good about ourselves is better than absolutely nothing, right? So that's why we go back for more. That's why we hang in there hoping for that next cycle and that next hit of feel-good hormones. And this is all happening in a subconscious way. It's not happening, you know, in our conscious awareness, okay? It's happening on a nervous system level because it's happening in our body. It's a physiological addiction to the hormone cycle that the abuser creates in its victim and It's what gets us feeling stuck, feeling that we can't leave or leaving feels actually unsafe because it's not familiar to our brain and makes us come back for that hit of feeling good. Trauma bonding happens as a result of pre-existing self-worthiness wounds that happen usually in childhood. There are sometimes early attachment disruptions with maybe our main caregiver, which mean that we form an anxious attachment which is that feeling of neediness, that kind of wanting to be close to that person. You know, this is our version of normal. We have to do more, be more, uh, please more, because this is what we've experienced in the past. And it's familiar to the brain to be in a relationship where that's your role. And of course, the abuser takes advantage of that. And it's almost like a a match made in heaven in a in an, an ironic sense that the you know this emotional attachment to the abuser it's one side there's you giving 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 on the other side there's the abuser who's a taker there's a book by um Oprah Winfrey and Dr Perry that I would highly recommend you read if you want to understand more about this cycle which is called what happened to you conversations on trauma resilience and healing um I would highly recommend reading this to understand more about how this starts to happen and why you ended up in a situation where there is toxic abuse and you feel like you know you should leave but you can't and all the feelings associated to that now I'm I'm going to share 10 symptoms to help you to recognize if you are trauma bonded or if someone else that you suspect might be trauma bonded is going through there is A love and a very high sense of loyalty towards the abuser, despite the abuse. And that's because you get fixated on that nice version of the abuser. They feel like they're the only one for you. And then you feel trapped and unable to leave or you return, even though it's harmful, because all you can really focus on is that nice version. Because when they're nice, they're so nice. And this creates a lot of cognitive dissonance, which is basically being in constant conflict internally with yourself. Whereas on one side, you absolutely love this person who's abusive to you on and off. And yet, at the same time, you know that the abuse you're receiving is absolutely wrong. 
but yet you feel like the abuser is the only one for you because they're the only one that actually understands you, that cares for you, and that accepts you with all your ugly bits and all, if you like. And that happens. That's this this kind of feeling happens because of the manipulation and the gaslighting you you've been put through. And so then eventually you start even rationalizing or justifying the abuser's behavior. It's called fawning. It's a trauma response. It looks like you, when you say sorry, but you're not actually sure what for. And you do this not because you're silly. It's because in that way, you're minimizing the threat and the shame that you feel. You think that if you're really, really nice, maybe they won't be horrible to you next time. And you'll continue to get the good feel hormones that you really, really desperately want to feel. Because we all want to feel good enough and important and lovable. You end up thinking that the abuse that you're receiving is actually your fault and somehow you deserve it. And that stems again from that low self-esteem that was preceding this relationship that you're in, that feeling of unworthiness. And you end up distrusting people. You don't trust anybody. And it becomes really, really difficult for you to then form healthy relationships or maintain them. You isolate yourself from friends from family, and you end up with no safety and no support, which makes you even more dependent, both you know emotionally or financially, for your basic needs or for your housing on the abuser. And that's what gets you stuck again. And then you get this fear and anxiety around the idea of leaving your abuser because you feel so dependent on them and you feel really, really scared and terrified of their disapproval or maybe their anger that you know could be possible if you were to leave them. And your behavior starts to change when you're trauma bonded. That loss of identity, that loss of sense of self in becoming more and more withdrawn and submissive over time. And the other thing that can happen that's very, very common in narcissistic abusive relationships that cause that trauma bonding are physical symptoms. Suffering from headaches, from digestive problems or chronic pain is another symptom that you are in a toxic, abusive relationship, that you are trauma-bonded to your abuser. Researchers have suggested that the hormonal changes that occur during this push-pull cycle of an abusive relationship can contribute to the development of strong emotional bonds. One study that was published in the Journal of Trauma, Violence and Abuse in 2015 states that trauma-bonding theory posits that The intense attachment that develops between a victim and their abuser is not simply the result of psychological manipulation, but it is driven by biological responses to the presence or absence of an abusive partner. Specifically, it says that the cycle of abuse, which involves intermittent reinforcement and punishment, triggers a stress response that activates the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. HPA axis, and releases dopamine and other neurotransmitters that stimulates the reward centers of the brain, creating a physiological addiction to the abuser. So again, what this is saying is backing up the point that, you know, trauma bonding isn't weakness, it's a physiological addiction. Your body searching for the hit or feel-good hormones, it wants to have the dopamine and the other neurotransmitters that feel good And it keeps you coming back for those love breadcrumbs just so you can feel good, even if it's short-lived. The next thing I want to discuss in this episode is that trauma bonding doesn't just happen in intimate 
or romantic relationships. It really doesn't. There are other toxic relationships that aren't so obvious for trauma bonding. You know, trauma bonding can happen within a toxic friendship, uh, with an abusive family member, with a work colleague, especially someone where there is, you know, a, a parallel imbalance, maybe between a boss and an employee. And it's really funny because on one hand, when trauma bond is, you know, judged uh, or, or romanticized because, you know, we think of trauma bonding as, you know, that connection between mother-child. Sometimes we don't understand that this is actually, you know, uh, forms part of an abusive relationship. Uh, we judge people that don't leave or those that leave and then come back because we don't understand about this piece of, you know, it's a physiological addiction. So we think that they're weak or stupid and we just say things, oh, just leave them then. Or why are you coming back? You must enjoy it then. You're doing this to yourself. Lots of judgment and very little support, which kind of drives the people that are being victimized into, you know, literally underground with their problems. They feel ashamed to even talk about it anymore, especially if they've left and come back um, a few times. And actually, there's this, an interesting statistic uh, around people who have been in domestic violent uh, situations who actually leave and come back on average seven times before they leave permanently and for good. That's trauma bonding for you. And, you know, the funny thing is, on the other hand, when the trauma bonding happens within a family system, for example, we get judgment to the opposite end, which is you decide eventually you can't do this anymore. You've tried hard enough for many years, maybe for your whole life to get on with family members, to set boundaries, and it just isn't working. And you're already carrying your own sense of shame and guilt as you try harder. And people say to you, when you go no contact with your mum, your dad, your sibling, whatever, whoever in the family that's been abusive, oh, but come on, just give it one more try. You've only got one mum, you've only got one dad. Oh, but come on, it's your, it's your brother, you know, blood's thicker than water, try harder. You know, why can't you manage it better? All of that judgment creates so much more guilt, so much more shame. And it's 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 literally so extreme, it becomes toxic shame. Because before you make a step like this where you end up, you know, going no contact with someone who is your family, you've already had lots of trials, probably. And it's not actually a choice. It's kind of the only option for you to keep safe sometimes. And you've already had to work through your sense of fear of maybe rejection or abandonment. And if you've been a scapegoat within your family. It's so, so difficult. I mean, who in their right mind would ever walk away from their birth family if they didn't have to, if they weren't abusive? And I feel that one of the main reasons why it's so hard to leave and not return or to go no contact is this judgment piece, the shame, the guilt, you know, our core inner wounds and this physiological addiction element, all of it makes it so, so difficult because we, no one likes to be judged. And, you know, we judge ourselves harshly enough when we are in this abusive relationship, as we said earlier, we take blame for, you know, having done something wrong all the time and thinking we actually deserve to be treated in this abusive way, whatever it might be or whatever it might look like. And so this extra piece of the societal judgment, the external kind of like try harder on one hand to make the relationship work if it's a family member, but you know, don't try harder if it's a romantic, intimate relationship. Just leave. <laughs> you can never get it wrong. Whatever you're doing, it's always wrong externally. And this doesn't really help, you know, because to heal trauma bonding it requires so much support, so much support. Trauma bonding has been compared to heroin addiction in terms of how difficult it is to break as a physiological addiction. It's been compared to that, and it's been said that it's 10 times harder 
to break trauma bonding addiction than it is to break heroin addiction. And I want you to keep this in mind. Dr. Les Carter, who is a narcissistic abuse specialist, says trauma bonding is one of the most insidious effects of narcissistic abuse. It can make the victim feel trapped and powerless, and it can be difficult to recognize because it involves both positive and negative feelings towards the abuser. So please don't forget that when you're dealing with someone, maybe a friend or or someone that you care about and you see them going back, don't judge them. You know, the trauma bond is an emotional connection that forms between two people involved in an abusive or exploitative relationship. It's not a choice. No one will ever choose to go back somewhere where they get abused, okay? It is a complex psychological and physiological phenomenon. And it can occur in a variety of relationships between romantic partners, between family members, in friendships, and even between captors and hostages. It's so important that we have clarity around trauma bonding because the understanding varies and that creates a lot of confusion. This is a pattern of behavior that develops as a result of repeated exposure to trauma. This push-pull, the abuser uses certain tactics of intermittent reinforcement, giving reward for good behavior occasionally, and then following that with gaslighting and manipulating the victim's perception of reality, confusing them and manipulating them, and therefore strengthening that trauma bond. And this pattern forms feeling of intense attachment, dependency, and loyalty to the person who causes the trauma, even when that person is really, really harmful or abusive or toxic. And trauma bonding can also lead to such feelings of shame and guilt and self-blame, as well as a sense of complete powerlessness and hopelessness. Because the effects of trauma bonding can be so long-lasting and complex, it makes it really difficult for victims to leave abusive relationships. Again, it's not weakness. Remember that comparison to heroin addiction, it's 10 times more difficult to break trauma bonding. So please, please, with this understanding, I urge you to stop telling people to leave or to just try one more time if it's their family. Just stop giving advice. You don't know, you can never know what's happening. And just acknowledge these people and support them and believe them most importantly. And if you are one of those people, please stop judging yourself, okay? You're not weak. You're not stupid. Breaking trauma bond requires a huge amount of support and work, but I want you to know that it is absolutely possible. You know, you need to get some clarity and remind yourself that you're doing the right thing. No matter what it is in this moment, you are doing what's right for you, okay? Be kind to yourself. Have some self-compassion. And please, if you're someone watching this, have compassion towards this person and understand that they are needing your support, not your judgment. The things that you can do to help yourselves is to prioritize your safety, first of all, as you plan and prepare if you're looking to leave the relationship. And if you have friends and family you trust, please reach out to them. It takes an army. Reach out for help. You deserve that. And you need to start to consider your safety, including your phone and email privacy. You can start researching local domestic violence shelters. You start saving money if you can. Start memorizing important phone numbers. And gradually start to gather your necessities and your forms of ID and important record or documents. Do that gradually. Make it safe. Make a safe exit plan. You can start looking at things like restraining orders. How do you get one if you ever need one? And what are the things that you can do to keep yourself safe? 
it is absolutely possible to break the cycle and to go no contact, but it needs to be done in a way that feels safe to your nervous system as well and to keep you safe because you never know what the abuser is capable of. Trauma bonding is a really harmful dynamic, which is actually difficult to recognize and to address. So if you're struggling and you've been struggling here for a while, please reach out for professional help in private. Okay, I'm here for you. Okay, let's take a deep breath in together now. And let's let all of that sink in. Whether you're at home or on the go, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you because your healing is healing for the world. If you find this show helpful, please hit that follow or subscribe button. It does absolute wonders for the show because more people can find time to unlearn organically, which means that you're helping me in my mission to reach as many people as possible to heal so that all of us together create a huge ripple effect of healing into the world. And what else can be better than that? If you have any questions about what we've talked about, please drop me a line at podcast at carlashowhead.com. I read every email I get. And whether you have an idea or a suggestion for a new episode, a guest recommendation, or just a simple note about how this show is impacting you, I always love to hear from you. I'm Carla Shohet, and I'll see you on the next episode.